here. This is amazing, isn't it? We just talked about this as when we come in. This is we, we want one of these. It's a holy jealousy going on here. And uh, we thought, where can we get one of these in Dublin? And we just thought of a man that has a field, but he's not saved. So we're going back to Dublin with a mission to get him saved so we can get his field and get him to glory in the meantime. But um, it's great to be here. As, as I said, like me and Ken just talked this week about him preaching for me and me preaching for him. So uh, I says, if I get a word, I'll bring it. And I believe the Lord has given me a word to preach this morning. I love being up here. I feel it's home away from home in a sense, you know. Our hearts are knitted together. And God does bring the right people into your life. And I feel like, just prophetically, I feel like just declaring something over this place, just as we were worshipping. And this is it. Truly God is in this place. Truly the Spirit of the living God is in this place. And it says where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty and there's freedom. Did you know that? And I'm going to preach on a message, and it's called, Do You Believe? And it's, it's out of Isaiah 53. And the Lord just turned us on my heart uh, this week as I went to get a message. And uh, so let's just see what the Lord does with us. Amen. God wants to give us a message to change and transform us, bring us from one degree of glory onto another. Amen. So, Father God, I just come before you. And, Lord Jesus, I know you're here with us, Lord God, but I pray, Father God, that you would use me as a vessel just to bring what you want to say this morning. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, Lord God, that we may know you more and more, that we may see you, Lord Jesus, in all your glory. And, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you just... Remove me out of the equation and just take hold of this church today and what you want to say and what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I entitled the message, Do You Believe? It's from Isaiah 53. And the, uh, Isaiah 53 starts off with this. Who has believed a message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And I got thinking about this the last couple of days, about this message, and somehow the message has been lost within the church. The true message of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm Pentecostal. I flutter. I shake. I do all of that type of stuff. I've got the spirit of the living God in me. How can I not do it? How can I not shake, rattle and roll with the presence of God within me? You know, I am. So if I'm totally, do you believe? And do you believe the message? But I want to just share a little bit about my, my testimony and about getting saved and where I came from. I, I know most of you probably know it, but this is some part of my testimony. I, uh, I never tell, so it's new. You know, and uh, when I got saved first, I got dramatically saved out of a life of addiction. I'd been taking drugs for for yonks from as long as I could remember. And uh, I had an encounter with Jesus. I seen him on the cross, dying for my sins, looking down at me with just complete mercy. I fell on the ground. I got up. 
a brand new person. No cold turkey, no sickness, no effects. But what I want to talk about this morning is this. When I came off drugs, and even though I had been amazingly touched by the Lord, in the midst of my addiction for all of those years, I lost my identity. I didn't know who I was when I came out of addiction because when you start taking drink and drugs at an early age, it's like you stop growing. And you live in that addictive bubble for all of those years. So I went through 20 years, 25 years of addiction in this like bubble, 20 years in this bubble. So when I got saved, and I got amazingly saved, I fell in love with Jesus, but I was trying to find myself. And I struggled to find myself. And I went back, not into my old life, but my old identity. So when I got saved first, and I know this is dangerous saying it in this setting, I became quite Republican. (laughs) I did. I became a real Irishman. Because when I started taking drugs, that was who I was. I was full of the IRA and Sinn Féin and this, that and the other. And that was my identity before drugs. Now, it didn't last too long, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but for a few weeks, I was like running around and I was thinking about this and that. And I was like, that was terrible. And I was thinking about my poor granddad and me becoming a Protestant and my granddad literally turning in his grave. And I was thinking about all of this stuff. And then I went back into tradition with the church. I was brought up a Catholic, so I was like I was, even though I knew it was wrong, I was sort of like, well, maybe I'll go back there because that's who I was before I got saved. And we used to have a, a pastor, God love him. And he was a a Scottish Presbyterian. That was his background. And he used to preach a message about Jesus. But in a sense, it was a little bit tainted because of his upbringing. And I was after coming out of corruption and wickedness and evil and all of that type of stuff. And I needed the truth. So I was looking for the truth in this and looking for the truth in that. And I used to wreck the poor man's head. I used to say to Billy in the middle of a a sermon, what about the Virgin Mary, Billy? Isn't she full of grace? And I'd wreck his head. I'd do his loafing. Talk about the grace that was upon this man. And I got thinking about Billy this morning. As I was uh, thinking about what I was going to preach, every time you went to Billy with a problem, Billy would just say this. He was a beautiful man of God. He'd say, Tommy, look up. Just look up. Never mind all of that rubbish. Never mind all of that. And Paul says it in Galatians, and I came across it this week. And he says, I travail. In prayer, till Christ is formed in you. And even though I had this amazing encounter 
with Jesus Christ, even though I was delivered from all my, my drugs and addiction and even a way of life, I had not yet found my identity in Christ Jesus. And a lot of us, if we to be honest, still find trouble finding our identity in Christ Jesus. I've mentioned Scottish, Presbyterian, and Republican in the same sentence. I'm taking a chance here. But the thing about it is, God wants us to find our identity in Christ and Christ alone. In nothing else, not in a religion, not in a a tradition, not in who we used to be. That's why we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And somewhere along the line, the message has been lost. The message that Isaiah is talking about in in 53, the message is lost. As I said, I'm Pentecostal. I believe in healings. I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe he is the prince of peace to a troubled mind. I believe he is the healer of my brokenness. I believe that he is the one that mends me and makes me new. I believe that. Do you believe that today? Do you believe truly that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do you believe that the life I now have is found in him and him alone? Or is your identity in who you used to be? What you've been taught, being brought up? And I'm sort of saying to the Lord, I can't bring that message. Do you know where I'm going I can't bring that message. Tell them that I was a Republican. And I had Republican thoughts even as a Christian. But that was me grappling for identity. And I praise God now today that I know without a shadow of a doubt that my identity is in Christ Jesus and him alone. Amen. That I'm no longer who I used to be. I am a new creature with new thoughts, with a new mind, a new mind. I have the mind of Christ, a new mind. I have a new heart. He says, my heart was stony, hard and calloused. Now I have a new heart. I feel I like people. (laughs) I like people. It's a miracle. I actually like people to the extent that I probably love them now. But the message of Jesus, none of us should ever lose. None of us should ever lose. Ken said it yesterday. May we never lose the awe of God. May we never lose the majesty of Jesus, the majesty of God. May we never lose our wonder about where we were and where he has took us from. May we never lose the fact that he is walking on our behalf in every situation. 
May we never lose the awe of God. You know what will rob the awe of God in your life? Religion. Tradition. The fire engines, they put out the fire of God in you. It's by grace you've been saved through faith and it's not by yourself. It is indeed a gift of God. So listen what it says here in Isaiah 53. And just to throw a disclaimer out there, I don't think like that any longer. In either way, shape or form, I know my Redeemer. I know. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I know my Redeemer. I know the God who created the heavens and the earth. I know. This is one. I got this the other day. I'm no longer a Gentile sinner. I'm no longer a Gentile sinner. Formerly, in my old life I was, but now, by the blood of Jesus, I'm washed. I'm clean, I'm free, and I'm no longer a gentle sinner. I think that's an amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this is the message. Who has believed this message? And whom has the hand or the arm of the Lord been revealed? I just, I love Jesus. I just love Jesus, that he became like us. It says he grew up before him like a, like a tender shoot. And like a root of a, out of dry ground, he had no beauty, no majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that, that we should desire him. That we should desire him. See, it was all about him. You're saved not because of Pastor Ken or me or anybody else. You're saved on the basis of him. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son. That if you believe in him, you will not perish, but have eternal life. The basis of Jesus. God's love for each and every one of us, that he would send his one and only son to die in their place. There's nothing in us to desire him. It says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. You know, me and Ken have to crack about rejection. Because when you're preaching the message of Christ Jesus, and I mean the true, unfiltered, untainted message of Jesus Christ, people are going to look at you weird. People are going to look at you strange. Because that is not the, the world that we're living in. You know the word, the church will say that, yes, we're people of faith. We're people of faith. I'm a child of God. 
I'm walking in this resurrected life. I'm an overcomer. I'm a warrior for Jesus Christ. Don't equate me with other faiths. I know the King. I know the Lord. I know my Redeemer. I know my Saviour. You know, they're trying to take born again out of Christianity. Did you know that? Because they think it's, it's just not right to traditionalist churches. So they want to start get rid of the born again part. Did you hear that? It's, it's been written, they're trying to do it. It doesn't create equality. So they're trying to get rid of it. Get rid of the born again part and just take hold of the Christianity. I'm born again. I needed to be born again. I was dead in my transgressions and my sin. I needed resurrected life in my bones and in my body. I needed this filthy mind that was seared with sin, transformed and changed and renewed and made new. I needed to be born again of his spirit. It's a get out me. To be despised, to be rejected, you're in good company. You're in good company when they despise you and reject you, when they say all manner of evil about you. Rejoice because you're in good company. Hallelujah. It says he was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. It says like one from whom men hide their faces. You know, I was running away from God for 24 years. 24 years I was running from God. Even in church, I was running from God. I was around the fringes of born-again Christianity. And they told me about this. And they told me about Jesus dying for my sins. As I have said in my testimony, I could never believe that somebody would love me that much. That he would lay down that life for me. See, I was abused in the Catholic Church. And as my abuser was abusing me, I don't know whether I've shared this, but can I share it again? As my abuser was abusing me, he would call me a, a dirty, filthy, rotten sinner. And that was me making him do this to me. So when I came into church and I used to hear about, you know, you're a sinner and needing a saviour, I actually used to feel quite dirty. It used to make me feel very unclean judged and condemned. So I needed something more of God. If he was going to prove, and he had to prove himself to me because my God was a man that wore a black suit with a collar and he abused me. So I needed an experience of this God that they used to all talk about to change and transform my life. And that is why I believe that the Lord, when he came to me, came to me in a vision of the cross. 
I've told folks before that when I came to Jesus, my body was sick, my mind was mental, I was separated from everything that is good. And when I came to Jesus, all I could ask him for was forgiveness. Jesus came to save sinners, of which I was probably one of the worst. One of the worst. And this is the message. And this is where I want to get to today because, you know, we can look at telly, we can look at YouTube, we can look at the news and everything that's happening in life is like, the world is on a downward spiral, isn't it? And we talk about it, don't we? We've got the Bible study, we talk about, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible, them kids, them transgender kids, and it's terrible this, and it's terrible that, and it's terrible this, and it's terrible that. And we talk about it. Forgetting that he is still in charge of it all. He is still in charge of it all. He is still on the throne. He is still in control. And this is where I think our message, in a sense, starts getting tainted and we start listening to outward voices rather than inward voices. We start listening to the news and we start listening to this and to that and we start taking on board their message and even society. As I said, when I came to Jesus, my head was mental, manic, crazy and the Prince of Peace came in. Jesus, just Jesus. I didn't have to do six months of therapy. Just Jesus, because he's the Prince of Peace. He's my God, my great deliverer, so I didn't need to do a detox. He got me off instantly. I didn't need to go and have heart surgery for my broken heart because he healed me and gave me a new one. This is our God. So listen to what it says. And you have to ask yourself, do you believe this message today? Do you truly believe that Jesus is still the same today as he was 2,000 years ago? Because you're going to have to get hold of this in the time that we live in. We're going to have to take hold of the truth of God's word and start living it out because we are going to be despised and rejected by society. They don't want to know the Christian. They will accept the Buddha. They will accept the Hindu. They will accept the Muslim. But they will not accept the Christian. They won't accept the truth. Don't tell me that Jesus is the only way to heaven. There has to be more. Don't tell me that this God of love would send so many to hell. Don't tell me that. Jesus. Why God never sent anybody to hell. That's a choice that you make on your own. He gives you the choice to go to be with him. And man chooses differently. This is what it says, verse 4. He says, surely he took up our infirmities. 
And it says he carried their sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted, but he was pierced. He was pierced for our transgression. See, I'm probably one of those weird, crazy, kind of Pentecostal Christians that believe that Jesus still heals people today. He still heals. I've seen it. I've seen God's deliverance over my own life and and the lives of others around us. We see demons being cast out all the time. I know that's shocking. Don't talk about demons. Well, he's a fundamentalist. Yes, I am a fundamentalist. Make no apologies. I am a fundamentalist. I'm off the church when it comes to Jesus. Definitely. Out of my mind. Do I brainwash people? Do I Bible bash them? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I do all of that. If you're going to accuse me of it, definitely. People need to be brainwashed. People need to be Bible bashed. And I can do it all day long. Actually, I love doing it. I love brainwashing people and Bible bashing them. It's deadly. Because you know what happens when you brainwash people and you Bible wash a Bible batter them? They come out new. They come out changed and, and transformed. They meet with the Creator. They come out broken and they go out fixed. Why would I want it any other way? The message is Jesus. And Jesus hasn't changed. He's not gone away. He says, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, it says that I can do all things through him, Christ, who gives me strength. I am an overcomer. Do you believe the message? See, the message is Christ Jesus. The message to you if you're in depression this morning is Jesus. It's Christ Jesus. It's not mental health. It's not pills for the rest of your life. It's Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. I've had arguments with leaders over this and you walk away saying, maybe I'm not merciful. Maybe I'm a bit unmerciful here when it comes to people like that. But it's not that at all. I see God walk. He says, when I come back, will I find anybody with faith? COVID proved to us, let's be honest, that there wasn't much of it about. We were talking about it this morning, you know, Jesus healing lepers. Nowhere in the gospel does he say he put on rubber gloves. When he washed the feet of the apostles, did he put on rubber gloves? When he healed the lepers, was he wearing one of those like asbestos gowns? Has he changed? Does he still heal the leper? Does he still raise up those who are dead? Does he still forgive sinners? He hasn't changed. He says, no, and I'm with you to the very end. So he doesn't let me go. He has hold of me. 
Even when I go through the storm and the fire, He is with me every step of the way. And He's changing me. He's transforming me. And He's training me for what is coming down the road. Jesus is the message. He is the message. For God so loved the world. Even think about Jesus at this moment interceding on our behalf. I want a church. Gets extremely frustrated and praying all the time for people to walk in the right way. How easy it is just to obey. Follow Jesus. Take hold of his word and walk with him. I fell in love with Jesus when I got saved. I fell in love with him. And my love for Jesus, I have to be honest, just keeps me getting stronger and stronger. I am radical. I'm radical for his love. He, he just Even here this morning, I'm just being in the presence of God, singing with the heavenly host. Joining in the heavenly anthem, lifting up our voices in praise to him. There's nothing like that. I can tell you there's nothing like that. I've done the rave scene. And I was chemically induced with some of the best chemicals in the world. And they couldn't do for me what coming into the presence of God has done for me. So my question today is this. Do you believe the message? You know, we all go through scrapes in our lives, don't we? We all go through trials and, and through tribulations. And in all of it, God is with us. In all things, he's walking on our behalf. In all things, he's walking for me and for you. That's the love of God. Listen to what it says. He was pierced. For our transgressions. And then it says this. I just got this picture this morning. Just as I was praying and just thinking about Jesus. You know, Jesus on the cross. And shouting, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I just had this thought as a father. Looking at his son. Just, just this moment in eternity. And he's looking at his son being crucified by those he sent to save. He sent them to save these folk and these folk crucified him and put him on a cross. And I'm a father and I love my children. And I was thinking about, if I had it being God. If we had been God at that moment, seeing my son, and I know the theologians will say this, that, and the other about, you know, God turning away from Jesus and all that, but his son, his one and only begotten son, and I just thought of the temple, you know, being cracked into and earthquakes, and man, I would have let him a, more, a lot more rip. I would have let him a lot more rip at that moment in time. Seeing my one and only begotten son, even though I had sent him, 
Can you imagine the face of God looking down upon his son being crucified and spat on by the people that he was actually meant to save? The thing about it is, is this. Every one of us, B.C., had a part to play in that. And even now when we reject his message, and I, and I mean the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the transforming power of the cross and his blood, we can sing about it all day long. But if we don't take hold of the truth and the faith that goes with that, it's like we're rejecting it. And there's a sick world out there at the moment that needs the truth. See, what I was saying about my Presbyterian pastor at the time, his message was a little bit tainted because of tradition and his upbringing. But I was after coming from corruption and wickedness and evil. I needed the truth. I needed to be brainwashed with the truth. It was only being brainwashed with the truth of God's word in my life did I truly find my identity. I stopped denying him about the Virgin Mary <laughs> when I read the word of God. I knew Jesus was the only one with the grace. I knew Jesus was the only one that could save to the uttermost. You know, they used to tell us in church that Jesus is at the front door with Peter, but Mary's at the back letting you in the back door when you're refused at the front. There's no truth in that. The Bible says there's no name under heaven which a man can be saved but the name of Jesus. There's only one way into the kingdom of God. There's only one way to receive healing. There's only one way to receive forgiveness. And that is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. It says after, in verse 11, it says, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And then it says, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. Your name and my name can be part of that script. He will justify me by dying for me, by me receiving his grace and his mercy into my life. He has now justified me. He is now making intercession for me, for me, a Gentile sinner. Save him. Save him. All the times he was sending his angels after me to keep me safe when men came in to kill me. Save him. Protect him. We're here today because of Jesus. As I said, the message that I had was tainted. And this message is tainted. The message of the cross is tainted. It's not a nice message. It is glory. It is violence. It's not nice. But it's glorious. It's glorious. 
See, Jesus shed every ounce of blood for us. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. That is the message. If you're sick in this place today, by his stripes, you are healed. People don't like eating that. But he says it. Old and New Testament. By his stripes, I am healed. I have seen this in my life. I've, I've seen it in the lives of others. We had a girl there come to church a few months ago. And she had rheumatoid arthritis. And she had a big lump on her arm. And we says, let's just pray for that. By his stripes, you are healed. And in the prayer meeting, we just prayed for her, laid hands on her. And the lump started to go down a little bit. When she got home, the lump was completely gone off her arm. She was on medication from rheumatoid arthritis for the rest of her life. That was on a Tuesday night. On a Wednesday night, a Wednesday, she had an appointment with the doctor. I'm saying this to build faith. This is our Jesus. This is our God, the one that turned the stars into the sky. This is our God. This is who we follow. He's not a God of tradition. He's not a God of the past. He's a God of the now. He's a God of relationship. He's in me. He's in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's still alive. He's still alive. So Wednesday she went to the doctor and she had an appointment and, and the doctor had done the checks and he came out scratching his head and said, this is very strange. We can't find any, any effects of, of rheumatoid arthritis in your, in your body. Um, but he says, we're going to do more tests just in case it's hoiding. <laughs> the lump was, of, you know, it was obvious, but it was just choose to hide for a bit. So the doctors went away for three weeks, done every test on her, all the blood tests and all of that, and they came back again, scratching their head, and said, this is very strange, and it doesn't really happen that often. In fact, we've never really seen it happen before, but we've known, and we can't find any signs of rheumatoid arthritis in your body, and we're going to take it off the medication, because you just don't need it. Boy, his stripes. You are healed. This is our Jesus. And I think we do him an an injustice by not believing the message. If it says by his stripes, you're healed. I'm going to take hold of that word because I know him to be true. Everything else is a lie, like rheumatoid arthritis can hide in your body. don't know what area of your body that can hide in, but doctors say it can. So you're going to take your word. And we've seen loads of times, Mark's wife here, his, uh, his wife was suffering with back pain to the point that they were taking her into hospital and uh, doing the surgery on her. A lot of people that go through the surgery actually end up in wheelchairs. And I says, no, nah, that's not God's will for your life. And we prayed one Sunday after church. Two days beforehand, she was took out in an ambulance because the pain was so severe in her back and she couldn't walk and she dropped and she hobbled into church, literally like that. Hobbled into church. So that's not God's will for you to have an operation. I knew two people that had it, and they ended up in wheelchairs. By his stripes, you are healed. Lay hands on that lady. She straightened up, and she hasn't had a problem since. Amen. She never 
had to have that operation. This is our God, people. This is the message. The message of the cross didn't stop 2,000 years ago. It's not just the cross now. It's everything after that. God will never leave you and never forsake you. He is with you every step of the way when you're going through the good, the bad, the evil, and the ugly. He will never let you go. We are bought with his precious blood, a lamb without spot or blemish. And we have a message to tell a dying world. We have a message of of hope for those who will live in a hopeless situation. We have a message of healing when the doctors can do nothing else. And the message is Jesus. Yesterday, today, and forever. Can I just finish here? And let's just pray to God. If we forgot the message... If somehow we've started to rely on what we hear of doctors or psychologists or counsellors or whatever that is, because we have a healer. Mind, body, spirit, soul. When I had an argument with that bloke about the Lord being able to heal the mind, and this is quite controversial, isn't it? Isn't it? It really is. You don't say that to you. Oh, you're one of those mad Pentecostal people. You still believe Jesus is the same today. Or that he is the Prince of Peace yet. But these tablets give you as much peace as he does. Them tablets will bind you. And they will bound you. Against tablets. Some people, when they're going through stuff, have to take I'm not against that. But as a long-term thing, I believe that Jesus can set you free from it all. When he went to the, the generous sets and he seen that man that was mad, chained, what does it say? He says the man was sitting beside him in his right mind. This is the Jesus that I'm talking about today. He is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. So can we just bow our heads in prayer? And maybe you've been relying on tradition for your salvation. Maybe you are like me, hoping that the Virgin Mary was full of grace and she let you in the back door. Or maybe you've just lost sight of who you were in Christ Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord. And I can honestly say that he has drawn you here, that you get to know him. So I'm going to just ask folks, I don't know anybody in this place, but I'm going to ask folks, if you don't know Jesus Christ as healer, as redeemer, as saviour, and you would like to get to know him today, I'm going to ask you to be bold and just put up your hands. Before God, he sees everything. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, he wants to know you. You young lads down there, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that he's a destiny and a purpose for your future? Do you know he wants to take hold of your hand today and lead you in glorious resurrection life?
If you don't know Jesus today and you would like to know him, would you just put your hand up? He sees it all. He sees it all. He loves you. He loves you. The extent of his love was shown through Jesus on that cross. He loves you. Or maybe you're here today and you're sick. Your body is sick. And you need healing. You need the healer to heal your body. Or your minds. Maybe you're confused today. And your mind is in turmoil and chaos. The Prince of Peace wants to still your mind today. He's done it for me. He's no respecter of person. What he's done for one, he'll do for the other. Jesus wants to pour his peace into your life. And as we just end in prayer, just before God, in reverence and awe of who he is, let us just bow our heads. So Lord Jesus, you know everything about us. You know our hearts, you know our minds, you know our body, you know what we're carrying this morning, Lord Jesus. Nothing is absolutely hidden in your sight, Lord Jesus. You know the pain that we're carrying, Father God, from the past, the hurt, even of abuse this morning in this place, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, we just ask you, Father God, Lord, that you would bring healing into our troubled minds. That you would bind up the wounds of our brokenness, Lord God. Lord, that you would set us free from this, this madness that's going on in our mind, this confusion, that we may serve you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just ask you, Father God, just to have your way in our hearts and bring healing and restoration into every area of our lives. Lord Jesus, we just invite you now. And we say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, folks. Thank you, brother. That was fantastic. And I think that there's a message for everyone in here. And even there are those here from a Catholic background who have had trouble at home, in family, in their own community, because they've stepped out for the Lord. And I want to thank you for that message on their behalf. But on everyone here, whatever background we're from, that got saved by the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's encourage the pastor. What a wonderful message, brother. God bless you. God bless you.